Champaign, Illinois, this is the Jumping the Rail podcast with your hosts, Mark Redmond and Mike Nartalinas. Welcome to episode 26 of the Jump in the Rail podcast from Champaign, Illinois. This is Mark Redmond, and uh, I got Marco with me as usual. Narge is a little What's under up? the weather today, so he's going to try and get with us later on via Zoom. So in his place, we've got Reedzilla back with us, our buddy Kyle Reed. Kyle, how's it going? It's good. How about you guys? Uh, I'm sorry, it's kind of a slow news week for you to be sitting in with us today. I mean, there's not a not a whole lot to talk about, and uh, that's all right. I'm down for that. Yeah. So, I guess we should start with the uh, the biggest story, kind of the elephant in the room, kind of. Did John? Uh, did John Cena have something happen? I don't think there's a new season of Peacemaker up yet, and I couldn't see him. <laughs> I couldn't see it anyway. Uh, but no, we got SummerSlam coming up on uh, on Saturday in uh, is it Nashville? I think it's just, yeah, same town as the Flair show. And uh, yeah, so we had our, our big go home show last night on Raw. Then we got SmackDown coming up Friday. Uh, are you watching SummerSlam this weekend, there, Kyle? Yes, I am. So. Aside from the main event, is there anything else you're looking forward to on that one? McAfee. McAfee, yeah. McAfee always brings it. He's, he's just, he's awesome, so. And it, it, it uh, astonished me for what he does being an ex-football player, and now he's going to play against an ex-teammate in Corbin. Yeah, I didn't know they were roommates. Like I didn't back know when that. They but uh, yeah, McAfee. From the time he was working with Cole in NXT, he just he's been impressing the hell out of me every time he's gotten into the ring, and I think he surprised a lot of people just with how good he was so fast. Yeah, he's good. And then uh, yeah, he got to do the old uh, job ski for Vince on uh, WrestleMania. He he beat the guy that's. Seems like they're strapping the rocket to at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, it's shooting out of his ass. <laughs> yeah, he's that's seen, one way to put it. Yeah, meta- metaphorically, uh, not literally. <laughs> you know, Vince's is a dad. Yeah, yeah, that came up last night. Said Daddy's not here anymore. <laughs> but uh, he's been talking about doing uh, the cash in at SummerSlam. I actually, I was talking to Narge about this the other day. I had a better idea for how they can do that. Uh, All right, hit me on it. So, I had to take a drink. Sorry about that. Wow. Pepsi this time. I didn't talk long enough. Not, not <laughs> even tequila, just a little Pepsi. So, it's pretty much assumed Drew's going to beat Seamus Friday and get the number one contendership for the uh, Wales show. So I say the theory should hold off on cashing in 
at SummerSlam. This also mainly everybody's just gonna be expecting it, you know. I think they should wait, have Drew against Roman. I think Roman will retain Saturday. Have Drew against Roman. I say have Drew pin Roman at the Clash at the Castle in Wales. Get that big crowd pop that he was really shorted out of for WrestleMania. Yeah. Get it. He's from Scotland. This will it'll be a huge reaction. Get him his moment. He's celebrating with the belt. Then, boom. Here comes Theory. Whack him with the briefcase. Cash in. And a bunch of booze. Oh, just an avalanche of booze. He wins the belt. And then, that way, because... You know, Roman restructured his deal. He's not doing all the house shows. He's not right. doing as many TVs. This way, they can have Theory maybe make the loop with Drew for a bit with the belt. And then maybe that'll lead to Drew getting that decent run with the title that he... I mean, he had a really good run with it, but it was the Thunderdome. Right. He he deserves a run with the fans in attendance. Yeah. Because I remember when he won the Rumble and... For those few weeks before the lockdown, the the crowd was in on it. They were ready. And he was really getting his footing as a baby face. So, yeah, I think a lot of people said after you lost to Lashley, he kind of lost some steam. I don't see it. He's still getting the reactions from the fans. I don't know. Is that him or the sword? I th- I think he can actually do away with the sword, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it was a cool gimmick for a for a few weeks. Right. But it's a little much. You can't have him whacking people, like cutting the ropes. And, and then the shillelagh. The, that poor shillelagh. I know. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I th- I mean, it's obviously, you know, you got you think back to like Duggan and Bossman, they had like a nightstick or a two by four. So that's kind of his, his mascot, for right. lack of a better term. But uh, but yeah, I think that would be the way to go to have just have Drew get his moment, Theory steal his moment, and then <laughs> and then yeah, just then I with the way things are going, that seems more on brand with uh, with the booking strategy that you think is coming. Right. What am I up? <laughs> Not far enough. All right, he's drinking. Yeah. Um. Where were we at? You just lost me. Ah. <laughs> uh, SummerSlam. Oh, SummerSlam. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's going to end up theory just because they kind of have it set up to where Reigns and Lesnar are just going to beat the tar out of each other, and one of them can't stand up. Whoever wins, and Theory's going to come in and pretty much go one, two, three, and it's to me it's going to seem weak. Like, it, he can't do anything, can't yeah. fight on his own. Well, there's been one theory where it's the last man standing match. So, somebody, I think it was Bully Ray on Busted Open, said what they should do is have both guys just beat the shit out of each other so they're both down. Then have Theory waltz out, cash in. He doesn't have to do anything. He just waits for them to count to ten because he just make it a just a sort of end of the last man standing match. Right. Which... Again, heal 101. That's just a great way to have people hate you. <laughs> All the way up to nine and then get into it. <laughs> I'd say as soon as as soon as soon they go down, all of a sudden you, his music hits and he like he just walks out like the cat that ate the canary, you know? Is, is the TV 14 now going to allow the blood and everything? 
I think so. I mean, Montez was bleeding pretty good last night during the main event. I must have missed that. I mean, TV 14 does expand their ability to do shit. Right. I but mean, I whether they I figured, use it or not is a different story. I figured that was pretty much going to be with the language and everything, not think, just the blood. I think the main thing is going to be the language, but but yeah, last night uh, Tez took a face bump into the buckle, and then they were saying broken nose. I don't know if it was broken or not, but he had a pretty good uh, good face mask going during the match. So I thought maybe that'd be a kind of arbinger of how the booking's going to go. Well, forward. the reason I'm masking is for SummerSlam with the last man standing, those two could be bloody as all hell get out. And yeah. then Theory decides to, hey, look, yeah. it, look at me. I got the money in the bank. Let me right. hit them. Whoopity do. Well, the way Brock works, he is usually bleeding anyway, just because he works so stiff. And right. I think he, he I, I wonder if he insists that his opponents give as good as he does. Probably because he doesn't feel anything. I don't think. No, except for that one time Braun kneed him in the face. He definitely <laughs> felt that and then beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Yeah. There's one person I don't want mad at me. It's probably Brock Lesnar. Nope. Just pull on his man bun. <laughs> Make fun of this cowboy hat. No, I like his cowboy hat. Hey, it's, He's it's a, a stud. Dude, he looks awesome these days. Y'all talking about me and my cowboy hat? I love it. <laughs> you do have a very snazzy cowboy hat. I'm glad we could get your ego I have a up collection. within 10 minutes. <laughs> but no, just Brock's presentation these days is awesome. And uh, I'm glad that he wound up coming out Friday. I know the story was that he left the building, but he waited till the very last minute, came out and beat the fuck out of theory and... Then, Beat the shit out of him. Yeah, with that briefcase. He was swinging that briefcase like a hammer. Just, Might as well just <laughs> tried to bend it with his hand over his head. Right, right. But I don't know if you caught at the end of the show, he kind of doffed his hat to the camera. I did not catch that. Which might have kind of a hidden uh, meaning to it. Right. From what I hear, I mean. Do you think Vince talked him into going back in? That's what I'm wondering if maybe Stephanie had Vince give him the call. Because I still heard he is still there uh, at the show. I heard he wasn't there. Uh, but I could see it being where if Stephanie needed him to do something, he'd make a phone call. You know, right? But, Who do you think would step in if Brock decides to not show up SummerSlam? The story I heard was Goldberg. Really? He was, their, he was their backup plan, which... I'm hoping it's not. not. (laughs) Goldberg and Lesnar, two different beasts. No pun intended on (laughs) Lesnar. Yeah, not not great uh, opponents with each other. But yeah, I'd I'd take Brock over Goldberg any day. Doesn't matter if Lesnar was in the heel or uh, the babyface. Yeah, we just don't like him. I'm just not a fan. Or Goldberg, whoever. Okay. I just never been a Goldberg fan ever since he was in WCW. Just I liked watching him when he was during the run of the undistri- uh, uh, undefeated streak, like streak when he beat Hulk Hogan and all that. Right. But after that, it, uh, to me, it just all died. And when he came to WWE and had that whole Lesnar WrestleMania battle, yeah, that was weak. Calling it a battle is being generous. Yeah, they might as well <laughs> shake hands and left. Right, because. 
everybody knew they were both gone after that, and they were just shitting all over them. Oh yeah, during that match. What killed? There Goldberg, shall be no shitting. <laughs> what cold? Cold. What killed Goldberg for me was when he turned heel in WCW. I think it was two thousand. It just went over like a fart in church. The fans <laughs> didn't want him to be a heel, and it was no. during. It was during the uh, Russo Bischoff New Blood gimmick. Russo sucks. I hate. I, I don't hate anybody, but strongly Russo, dislike. Strongly dislike is a good word. For Not it. a fan. But he's uh, a heel. Yeah. Let me see. I'm hearing a lot of myself in my. Me there's too. a. It's like there's really a loud. weird delay. I okay. don't know what's going on today. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what we got coming up. Uh, so in about 15 minutes or so, we're going to be joined by a cat named Universal Flux. He's, uh, he's a guy that actually reached out to us about wanting to talk to us. He's an independent wrestler from the South. So we're going to kind of get to know him a little bit, maybe just you know, learn a little bit about him. And uh, yeah, so I think that'll be fun. It'll be something a little bit different for us. It's not anybody established or... So he reached out to you guys? He, yeah, he, he reached out to us about a month ago. That's awesome. So it's that's cool. It uh, kind of adds to our reach. You know, we got, I don't know if you heard, we have international fans, Kyle. Do you? We have a, we have a listener in the UK and one in Australia. Well, hello so, from around the world. But uh, yeah, so it's, uh, we're starting to get some juice. And Marco, I don't know if you, your math is as good as mine. This is episode 26, so that means that our next episode is the big one-year anniversary episode. One-year anniversary show, yep. So that's going to be Heck very, yeah. that's gonna be exciting. I think we're going to try and get some of our uh, our friends to come in with us and, and chat a little bit, kind of look back on the year that was on the on the pod. You know, I'll be here to stir up problems. Yeah, you'll be here to stir it up. Uh, I think you're bringing a little Terramana party going on. You're bringing our buddy Dwayne with you too. Yes, sir. My arch nemesis of this show, (laughs) right? (laughs) People just have to stay tuned. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, I don't know if we'll get them all, but we'll try to get as many as we can to come in and hang out with us a little bit. That'll be fun. Oh yeah, I'm gonna need tequila tonight. Yeah. So, did you watch the Ring of Honor pay per view this past weekend? (sighs) No, but I heard about it. Okay. If that helps at all. It, it, every little bit helps. Are we talk about Claudio? We don't talk about... Oh, different, different. Yeah, di- different one. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. No. That's it. Claudio's good. Bruno's bad. Bruno bad. <laughs> Benoit is one we don't talk about from what Narge says. Uh, but yeah, I watched the pay-per-view. I watched it actually in the backyard out here. And, Where was my uh, invite? Oh, I was supposed to be. You were here. supposed That's to be right. here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Really? Yeah. Brain fart. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. But yeah, so show starts off with Claudio and Gresham for the world title. Number one, Tully's gone. Yeah, I heard that. Tully was managing like Brian Cage, Gresham, a couple other guys. Yeah, and he's out of AEW, out of Ring of Honor altogether. So. Contract up or just problems must, in the backstage? I haven't done a whole lot of digging into that, so I'm not real sure. But the uh, the contracts were purchased by the great Prince Nana from uh, uh, Ghana, West Africa. He's a Ring of Honor original. Oh, okay. 
they used to manage a group called the Embassy, and I think I think he's redoubled the group, the Embassy again. But he managed Jimmy Rave, uh, Tommaso Ciampa before he got real famous. He was with the Embassy. All right. So he just had a few. Uh, Claudio was another one that he managed back. Yeah, in the I day. heard of that. Claudio was in ROH. Yeah. Before yeah. WWE. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, one of my favorites back when he was on the Indies, Ring of Honor. He, he was teaming up with Chris Hero, uh, Cassius Sono from NXT, okay. as the Kings of Wrestling. It was just great stuff. So they had a... Try to, sorry, cut you off. Sure. Claudio's a beast. I don't care what you say. He deserved a big championship in WWE. Uh, he had a cup of coffee with the U.S. title. I would have love to see him have a go round with Walter at some point. Yeah, I think he needed a manager to speak for him, honestly. Um, I never had a problem with this promos. For being Swiss, the guy speaks five languages, so you can't really give him too much crap. Said like um, just so we all understand, in every nation on the planet, except for this one, most of them are multilingual. They're taught that from, like, birth. Are you saying they're cunning linguists? That's correct. I speak we English, practice a different tongue art. Gibberish. What's that? I speak English, sarcasm, and gibberish. I think I can say, I smell bad, don't eat me in Swahili, which I read in a thing I read about Kamala back when I was like in middle school. I don't know if it's actually accurate or not. Look it up. But that's what it said in the book. So <laughs> Fair enough. All right, sorry. Back to uh, ROH. So, so back to it. So Gresham and Claudio had an awesome match. Uh, Claudio got the win clean, which, and I was wondering why they had that match open the show. Then I find out Gresham got out of his Ring of Honor contract in AEW, so he's out of there. I just thought he asked for his release. Yeah. Did, did he get the... He got his release from what I understand. Okay. But I've told uh, Narge, I th- he's got a territory down in Atlanta called Terminus that he's been doing this year. So I think he's probably going to focus more on that. I don't I don't know if he's going to get a look from WWE. Like his his work should get him a look, but he's like what 5 foot 7. He's a he's a short short guy. Short stocky. Short and stocky. And built like a friggin' he reminds me a lot of Taz with his body's type. He's reminding me of Apollo. With a, a little bit of Apollo, but a little more, a little more solid, a little more, more, yeah. But, uh, but no, he's a great worker. He's actually going to be in Mattoon on August twentieth for zero one, working okay. with Mike Bennett. So shout out to Jonathan Gresham. So far away from where we'll be. I know. <laughs> We're going to be out doing the Night Ranger thing. Do you want to kick into the interview, sir? Yeah. Why don't we get into All it? Right. So uh, let, let me get him in the room and make sure he's good. All right. We got him joining up now. You can start a running uh, out. So, what we're doing, who we're talking to. All right, so we're being joined by uh, a young independent wrestler from the South who uh, reached out to us about coming on with this. And his name is the Universal Flux. Uh, Sean, you there? Hang on. He's got no voice yet. Uh-oh. Just, uh, I remember Sean reaching out, and he's literally just starting in the business, right? Yeah. Like this is. As I understand. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So, all right, but, Sean, let's unmute you. And then we'll right. test our systems and make sure you can hear us and you we can hear you. Hey, Sean, can you hear us? Uh, back to this. Sean? Hello? Hello. You there? Hello? 
Hello. There you are. Hi, Sean. How you doing? He should be able to hear us because our mic is lighting up. There we go. I think I got it. There you go. Can you hear us okay? Sean? All right. All right. So I'm hearing hearing you all right here, Sean. So are we talking to you? Which part of Mississippi are you in, if I remember right? What the hell's? I don't know if he's hearing us. Sean, can you hear us? Uh, this was just doing its job. What's going on here, Sean? Um, okay, everybody, hang on. We're having problems with Zoom. It's not. Uh, it's not taking something correctly. If something go didn't go here. sketchy, then it would not be the Jumpy the Real podcast. Right. Uh, let's see. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, let's see. Okay, that works. Yes, we heard it. Uh, Marco's new entrance music. Doing the microphone. Uh, it's not working. Hang on. We're going to do... Nope, that's not working. Hang on. Let's try that. That works. Redmond Talk. Hello. Check, Sean, check. can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. There it is. Awesome. I don't know what happened there. The whole mic system said piss off to Zoom. We're back. <laughs> We're on. We're good. We also, we also have some sort of problems with the audio. It's just you know par for the course over here. So, Sean, how you doing, man? Hey, guys. Uh, good. Just got done with work, so, you know, kick the feet up finally. Cool, cool. And are you joining a, Are you joining us in a uh, glass bottle of Terra Mana? <laughs> oh, man, I wish I could open something. That's only the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll go right to the gut. I don't want none of that. I hear you. He's, uh, he's making me feel very, uh, what's that word? Irresponsible? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I feel so, attacked. So, Sean, you're uh, in Mississippi, right? Um, Buffalo, New York. Oh, wow. I was way off. <laughs> I don't know where I got I, Mississippi from. Coming in the next episode, a geography lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of I, in the indie capital of the country right now between like your Garcias and your Utahs and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I just had a conversation with my buddy earlier and said, you know what? When I was down in Tennessee training with Dr. Tom in the fall and the winter, I said, well, it's, there's a lot of talent here. But then I came home and said, we have way more talent in New York State right now and southern Ontario. It's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so you trained, as I'm guessing, as Dr. Tom in uh, Kane's school in Tennessee? Yeah, I started at the uh, JPWA in October um, as part of the fall class. Uh you know, working with Dr. Tom and Kane couldn't, it was more than I ever could have imagined. It exceeded my expectations way more. I said, this is everything I always thought it would be. And doc was everything that I hoped and thought. And I got so much out of it. it I couldn't lost for words right now. It was amazing. Yeah, awesome. I was like Dr. Tom. I was a big heavenly bodies fan back in the day. And, uh, I've always heard nothing but great things about him as a coach from just the stuff he would do up, up north, you know. But, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Doc is so patient. Um, you know, learning 
how to get in there confidently and do what you need to do when it's time to go. Uh, he, he gets that when you're, you're learning, it's going to take time. And the patience stuck with me because I'm not a very patient person. I've had to work on my patience so far. So it that, that helped me in other ways more than just in the ring, you know? Yeah. And how long have you actually been in the business? Did you start basically in October when you went down there? Yeah, I'm nine months in, uh, about to be the 10th month. Um, I'm really grateful. I've had four matches so far. Sometimes it takes guys a lot longer to get confident or get ready to get in there and confidence. I feel great now already. You know, it's just, it's a matter of, uh, believing in yourself and getting in and doing it, you know? Yeah. That's I've always heard it's a lot of it's just getting your reps in and all that. And, uh, Let's talk about what's uh, like. What's your style? Like, what's your in-ring uh, style? Are you a flyer? Are you a brawler? Is it uh, like what's your what's your game? I'd have to say I'm more of a brawler, a little bit of technical, a little bit of power, but I'm I'm more a brawler than all. Um, I love Terry Funk. <laughs> um, I love Tommy Dreamer. Um, some of RVD's brawling style can't do RVD's high flying style, but, right? Um, I take from that. I I like, and I'm not. I never say I'm a shooter. I amateur wrestled for four years. I played football for six. So I, I like, you know, I, I know I'm an athlete to a degree, but I I would never say I'm a shooter. My buddies say, oh, he can shoot a little. So yeah, a little, but. I did love my time amateuring, so I kind of like to bring a little bit of that out too. Oh yeah, and you've hit a nerve with me because I'm a big Terry Funk guy, and uh, oh, our great. regular our regular co-host isn't here, but he's a big Tommy Dreamer fan also. But yeah, if you want to watch a, a real master, it's Terry Funk's guy, you know. I I'm with you, Terry's book. Um, hard, harder than hardcore was it? That was top five books I've ever read. Definitely wrestling, but I love that book so much. So I mean, going back now that I'm a little older and going to watch because you know I told Doc I love Terry and he goes, "Oh, have you seen this?" I say, "Doc, I only watch DCW." He says, "You better go back." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, how much from Memphis did he make you watch? Oh Lord, believe it or not. He made us watch all three, Dusty and um, Superstar Billy Graham. Awesome. Yeah. MSG. He wanted us to study that. Um, we did a lot of flair, a lot of steamboat. Um, you know, I, I'm a little older than some of the, the younger guys that I trained with. So I could tell that they really didn't like watching the 70s or the 80s. But I love the 70s and the 80s. I my friends joke with me and say, you're a Southern guy. I say, I love Southern wrestling more than Northern wrestling. That's why I went and go train in the South. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's how I'm, I'm a, I'm a kind of old, I'm in my forties. So I started watching in the mid eighties. And then as I got older, I got into like the mid South and the, like the Memphis stuff. So I'm with you. I always gravitated more toward the Southern style myself. Just, they seem to tell better stories than some of the major companies did. Yeah, I, I, I'm finally 
almost done with Smoky Mountain, which I'm pretty sad about actually. Um, and you know, when I go watch my work rate just for fun, just to go see, you know, watch some guys get in there. I like to watch WCW Saturday night, 91 to 94. That's my favorite to go watch and study, uh, you know, take something, learn something from somebody else, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're training, how much of it is the, like, well, for lack of a better term, tape study, like, are you go, are you going in like four days a week, five days a week, and then uh, taking like a day to, to watch something else? Right now I'm training about two to three. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta balance life still. Well, yeah. So I, I get it now. Things that I've heard earlier from other guys and other wrestlers saying, the more the better and of course i would love the more the better but sadly there's bills that still need to be paid at the moment you know so i try to make sure i get as much you know when you get your rep time you gotta make it count and i get in there i'm straight business i gotta go right now i gotta get in it's gotta be let's go and i'm not screwing around i got a straight face in there so i, I try to have more fun but i'm, I'm business when it comes to it you know yeah. it's just me so We've had some guys that we've talked to that work in the Indies and they've had some kind of unusual day jobs. What's, what's your, like your day job? Like, what do you do? Oh, I wish it was a little more exciting. <laughs> um, I've been a chef for 15 years. Oh, nice. I, uh, I got my culinary degree. Um, just my associates. I would have liked a bachelor, but then, you know, what the only bachelor associate degrees are down in Florida. University of Florida Atlantic and the University of Florida International. So I wasn't ready to go down, you know, at that time in my life. But yeah, I, I love cooking. I still get the the urge I had at twelve, and now that I'm older, I go, you know what? I still love cooking. My favorite time to cook is on my time, obviously, because then I can do what I want. Right. But you know, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wish I could cook, but I'm I'm not much. I'm a I'm a microwave guy. <laughs> <laughs> as long as as long as it gets in the stomach, right? That's right. My wife's a better cook than I am, so she kind of keeps me from getting too out of control. But uh, <laughs> so, did you ever consider using the chef aspect as part of your character, like have the hat and the apron and all that? I'm so, uh, personally, I'm so athletic focused that that that's my heart, you know, football and wrestling are my two favorite things. I got you. I'd say cooking's maybe three or four. It's right behind them, but they're so far ahead that, you know, I, my passion is being athletic and yeah, it kind of would be cool to be the chef, but, uh, I, I I don't know if bringing my French knife down to the ring would be okay for anybody. <laughs> yeah, that that might be a bad idea. Unless it's a death match, then you might get away with it. But bring the rolling pin yeah. down, you know. Just... Oh yeah, yeah. You you got so many weapons in the kitchen to choose from, though. You're right. <laughs> I I went to a uh, fans bring the weapons match about ten years ago, and everybody's bringing all this crazy shit with barbed wire, thumbtacks. All I had was just a regular old rolling pin <laughs> and just <laughs> no bells or whistles. 
I put it on the I put it in the ring next to the ring announcer, a guy named Michael Z, and he just looked at me like I had three heads. It's like, what the hell is this? Because it's like there's no creativity there. It's just But you know, if you hit somebody with the friggin' rolling pin, it's gonna hurt like a bastard. So you, I th- I thought it made sense. You took the thought right on my head. You know how hard a rolling pin is? <laughs> Straight up, you're right. <laughs> I don't want none of that. No, I'll use it though. <laughs> so, let's talk about the uh, the scene up there in Buffalo. Like, are there a lot of territories up there to work in, or is there like one centralized promotion that you work out of? Uh, right now, I'm working out of one centralized promotion. Um, it is called Daddy Yeah. Uh, promotions. Uh, we are out of the city of Buffalo, New York. Um, and we just got back off the ground after the pandemic. So we just started running shows again. Our first show was actually um, about a month ago. And uh, honestly, it feels good getting shows back regularly everywhere, of course, over the whole world and the country. Um, so we have three. Uh, feds in buffalo which is very good because it gives you more opportunity oh yeah um but uh i i train at grapplers anonymous that's our main school here um there are other ones starting up um danny garcia of course uh kevin blackwood uh kevin bennett um we've had many people coming out very proud of the school right now and everything it's doing uh uh, my my buddies and I talk. It wasn't like this ten years ago, and now we feel like Buffalo's becoming a real hotbed, and it's it's so exciting right now. Yeah, that's always you always heard about like back then. Like Philly was always a hotbed with like CZW, Ring of Honor, all those. But you didn't hear a whole lot about upstate New York as far as like a hotbed for for wrestling back then. But then this past year, you got your Daniel Garcia's. You mentioned Blackwood. He's a guy I hadn't seen till I started watching GCW last year. And then you take a guy, I think, isn't, uh, I think Wheeler Yuta's from up there too, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so you got some pretty damn good young talent coming out of that area now. And it's, it's just cool to see. Uh, you know, big shout out to Brody Lee because, you know, yeah? Brody Rochester's an hour east and... um Brody's from Rochester, so right, right. really helped get this area started late, you know, 2010s um, to where we're at now. And um, Mike, yeah, every night Mike's our coach and our promoter who runs Grapplers. He's got a Brody Lee action figure up in the corner there, and I glance at it sometimes just like, damn, Brody, if you could see what uh, – is transpiring up here right now. I'm sure he's looking down there going, wow, look at this. Look at Buffalo Rochester right now, you know? Yeah. So, really yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing Brody again was when he was working IWA down here. It was about 2007, oh. 2008. And he was, his look didn't change from there to the Luke Harper stuff, but his style was so different than a lot of the guys I was watching down here. Because he's just this big brawler, but he could move too. So fast. Couldn't believe the speed. Um, I wish I would have been able to catch more of his indie stuff because 
you know, my friends who saw it around here say, man, when he was younger, he could fly even more. And of course, you know, I caught him in WWE when he was part of, you know, the Wyatt family. Right. And we all, speaking for everybody, I don't know anyone who didn't like the Wyatt family. You know, it was just so great. He's great. Yeah, if you ever get a chance, there's a match. I think it's on YouTube. It's a cage match from Chikara with Brody and Claudio. That it's definitely worth Ooh. watching. You got me. I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so you you guys are in Champagne, right? Yeah, down uh, probably about two and a half, three hours right outside of Chicago. And uh, go along, go along, I. Yeah, that's all right. Big college football fans, so Giants. That's when my publicist told me champagne. I said, okay, I I feel it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Our regular co-host, Narge, he's not here, but he's a Syracuse guy, even though he's never been there. (laughs) He's always like like Syracuse uh, basketball, football. So That's okay. I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I still haven't been to – uh, the hollowed halls get so ah, I got you. <laughs> but yeah, there's a couple promotions down here that we check out, and uh, yeah, it's it seems like the indie scene in the Midwest is it's building up, it's getting it's getting stronger. But there was a while when there wasn't really a whole lot going on, especially mm-hmm. in this specific part of the state, you know. But now we got a couple places around here, and. Uh, yeah, so I get into watching the indie stuff. I try to watch as much of it as I can. And, yeah, so it's cool seeing like things like seeing these guys I, I've never heard of that just impressed the hell out of me. Some of them have been on this show in the last year. But uh, if the uh, our listeners wanted to see your stuff, do you have anything like on YouTube yet, or is it just... Uh, you're still building up your, your portfolio. Uh, yes, I do. I uh, actually have my account on uh, YouTube. It is my own personal account. Um, if you can, if you search uh, two words, universal flux, that is my name. Um, it should pop up right now. I have three of my four matches on YouTube. Um, hoping to get the other one up soon. So uh, yeah, if anybody wants to check me out, you know, you check me out there. Cool. And where did the where did the name come from? It's it's a cool name. Thank you. Um, I like to put a lot of thought into uh, this aspect of uh, wrestling. I really do. It uh, it's something I've always thought should have a lot of thought. I hate holes in wrestling, and I said, well, then I'm probably going to be as complex as that's because I'm, I'm the complete opposite there. I need to make sure everything is, you know, set up. And I've, I've also said, you know, it's people while to understand my name probably, but I'm okay with that. Cause I like, you know, the air of mysteriousness. Right. It, it so, adds um, intrigue. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Perfect. Um, <laughs> flux, uh, comes from back to the future. Um, time travel. I, uh, I'm very big on time. Um, time's got a lot of aspect in my character. The lightning has a lot of aspect in my character. Um, universal part is, well, 
I do like to party a lot. That is kind of who I am <laughs> getting down to the business. I really wish I could have joined you for a drink tonight, but I'm just being so strict diet wise, you know, you understand. Oh, yeah. well, we don't want to be a, we don't want to be a bad influence or anything. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Saturday night's mine. <laughs> but, um, so the first part of universal was kind of party side and I, uh, I'm a raver. I love EDM electronic music. Uh, I go out, I party, I'll stay out and rave till 6am. That's more my style. Um, so I kind of just put me all together from I'm Mr. Party and time. So putting that all together, kind of confusing. I, I feel like I could explain it. I just want to explain it for 10 minutes, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I got you. Yeah. But so, and I like it. It's catchy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, as far as like going forward, once you get a few more reps under your belt, like. Do you have any like long-term aspirations? I'm not talking about going to like AEW, WWE. That's kind of the easy answer. But like, do you have anywhere, any other territories you want to go and try your hand at, like promotion-wise? I would love to wrestle GCW. Um, I love Philadelphia with all my heart. One of my goals is to wrestle in 2300 Arena. I am a giant ECW fan. ECW is my favorite promotion ever. So from a personal standpoint, that's a goal of mine. Um, being two hours from Toronto, I would love to be in Toronto as much as possible. Um, Impact would be amazing. It'd be, I'd be like a dream come true. Uh, anything personally, like I would love to do Pitt, Cleveland, all my regions near me. Um, my brother and one of my best friends live in the Chicago area. So I usually go to Chicago about once a year. Um, anywhere in Chicago. I, I love every time I go to Chicago. Last time I stayed downtown. Um, ooh, which one? Across the street from Trump Tower, whatever hotel's right there downtown. Like I was downtown on the water. Okay. And I had such a good time being downtown Chicago. So Chicago's on my list too. Yeah, I love Chicago, but I hate driving there. So as long as I can get a ride out there, then I'm I'm in. Oh Lord, the traffic is. <laughs> I was getting stressed, and I wasn't driving. I was watching, going oh. <laughs> so I got you there. <laughs> I'd never seen so many Teslas than I did in downtown Chicago. It felt like there. I I saw five within a block and went, "Wow, I'm down here, huh?" <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, of course, Orlando Jacksonville is the giant hotbed right now. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends live there and have said, well, why don't you come down here? And I go, you, do you guys understand the level of competition here right now in that area? <laughs> <laughs> I love it because I'm a competitive guy. I, I do, but I'm beginning. I, I the, the hard things to be patient and know when to go and when to pull back. So just yeah. trying to be patient. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is Jacksonville's red hot these days with AEW. Tony Khan's actually from here. He's he's a champagne guy. Ooh. And uh, after his dad bought the Jaguars, I guess they just moved on down to Jacksonville and set up camp there. Yeah. It, uh, God, I can't believe how much northeastern Florida is right now, the Mecca where you want to go get noticed. And 
but I mean, as you know, you guys know, you can get noticed anywhere. Thank God for this era. I say all the time to myself, oh, yeah. so thank God for the internet. You know, so yeah, if come, you're there, they'll find you, you know? Yeah. Come a long way from sending tapes out everywhere. You can just get a YouTube channel and start emailing them out and everything. And it's very, very different and a lot lot more convenient it seems like these days it's the same with like i also play music so it's kind of the same same idea you know yeah couldn't what you said couldn't imagine have i love 95 but i couldn't imagine doing vhs's all day and mailing them to stanford mailing them to jacksonville and mailing them to philadelphia you know yeah (laughs) that's what you had to do then you know so so what do you have coming up? You got any shows down the pike first to keep an eye out for? Unfortunately, I don't right now. Um, just uh, training hard. That's, you know, kind of taking from uh, Coach Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> he says, uh, control the controllables. And I can control my training. I can control how I, my exercising, my diet. So, I've been sticking to that instead of getting a little stir crazy. Like, Hey, I, I, I want my next match. I want my, next, I, I, I'd wrestle right now if I could this very minute, but right? you gotta, gotta be patient. And, and there's other people who've been more patient than you have worked as hard as you. And you have to take that into consideration. So I get that. And Gratitude, been gratitude's been very high. Just be grateful that the position I'm in, and I'm I'm very, very, very grateful the position I'm in now. Even right on, yeah. So, uh, if people want to want to find you on online, where uh, where do we find you on social media like uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff? Yeah, I am on Instagram. Um, under uh, my hashtag fluxing on them f-l-u-x-i-n-g-o-n-e-m that is my uh, name so instagram is my main uh main one um of course you could do facebook if you want it's the same thing universal flux um as i've told my friend i said twitter's kind of for me so i like to stick to my own on twitter right but instagram facebook are my main two right now okay well, we'll uh, we'll try to put a couple links on uh, on the pod uh, info with your stuff on there, and uh, oh. yeah, we're definitely gonna be keeping an eye out on you, man. And uh, gonna wish you a lot of luck with uh, with everything, with your training, with uh, with your career, and it's very exciting to see what's gonna happen. Oh, the best is yet to come, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> really appreciate everything. All right. Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna keep you. We're gonna let you get back to whatever it is you've got going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot. And you know, the uh, Zoom I sent you to call in is always open. You're always welcome to call in, chat with us, let us know what's going on. Oh, thank you for telling me that. I will definitely come back. I had a great time. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, we'll guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. Bye. Yeah. All right. Well, that was that was cool. Yeah. Get to meet a meet somebody who's just kind of just starting out, you know. Up and comer. Up and comer. Yeah. 
I can't do the staying up till 6 a.m. Raven like no. he does. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I was telling him, some of the guys we talked to, Gringo Loco was a florist. Ninja Mac was a circus performer before he got into wrestling. Rhino owns a marina in Michigan. And now we got a chef, you know? Getting so, our own village people together. <laughs> now, I don't know about all that. So, yeah, thanks a lot to Sean Joyce, Universal Flux, for talking with us. And uh, we're going to keep an eye out for him. And like I said, I'll put all of his info and his... Uh, I'll try to get his YouTube videos up in the show show notes too after uh, after we're off the air today. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go home and look him up. Right on. And hey, if you're training with Doctor Tom, you you're already on the right path, man. Oh yeah. And I I was surprised. I didn't think Kane had a whole lot to do with the school. I guess he's pretty hands on there. That's nice. I mean, yeah, when he's not mayoring, right. <laughs> And getting himself in hot water on social media. Of course. <laughs> but, you know, he's Kane. Yeah. It's gotta be Kane. So, I'm a little concerned, Kyle. I have not seen Dwayne in the uh, in the sh- in the thread. I hope he hasn't fallen down a volcano somewhere. Narge, did you get him sick? <laughs> I hope not. It's weird not... Having him say something every five seconds. Oh, yeah. I was expecting five or six questions, you know, a few comments. And it sucks. I was planning on messing with him today by holding off on, on something, but he's he's not playing along. He's no fun. So, party pooper. Party pooper. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be more fun when he's in the car with you in two weeks. Oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> You're not going to conveniently forget, wouldn't you? No, I won't. <laughs> I'm coming here. I'm not going to forget. That's where you can hear me scratching my beard on the microphone. I hate listening to my voice, by the way. You have such dulcet tones. Though. You got that radio baritone going. And now. <laughs> oh, we got to stop talking about Marco. He's back. Damn it. All right. So, Marco, I was telling Kyle, I'm a little worried. We haven't heard anything from Dwayne yet on the uh, on the thread here. He's not on. Yeah, I know, but it's very unlike him. I messaged him to see if he's okay. He ain't been online for a few hours. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah? Very weird. Well, I hope he's feeling okay. Yeah. Good thoughts to Dwayne. Yeah, there's a little bit of a bug going around, so I'd be really yeah? concerned about that. I would suck if he's uh, sick. Yeah. All right, so something, and I apologize, Kyle, I forgot to mention this to you today. Uh, we got a request, Marco, about discussing something about a week ago uh-huh. that we were going to just kind of look into. And the guy that asked for it isn't fucking listening. <laughs> he might he might be downloading it later. Listening. That very well could be. So, But with no further ado or right. more ado or further whatever, go ahead. So... And the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. We got SummerSlam coming up. Then we got the show in Wales next month. So he asked us if we would talk about SummerSlam 1992, which was out of uh, London in 1992. <laughs> you think? <laughs> it's not like one of those events from COVID that it still says 2020, even though it was like 2021. All right. But 
Yeah, he wanted us to kind of review the show, and I'm going to be honest. Have you ever have you seen that one, Kyle? No, you know, if you would have gave me a warning, I would have watched it. <laughs> I, you know, blame Narge. He's the one that's sick. Nobody else. <laughs> Thanks, Narge. Oh, he's all right. It's a joke. Yeah, I know. So basically, it's it's the show where Bulldog beat Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title. I remember that match. That was the main event, which was a big deal because usually the Intercontinental title didn't headline a major pay-per-view. Right. I think that might have been the first one. But overall, this was not my favorite pay-per-view. Not even one of my favorite SummerSlams because outside of about three maybe four matches it was kind of an underwhelming card was this 92 92 92 that's what i thought it was eight (laughs) i was i was 10 i was almost 11 but just to give you an idea kyle here's the matches that were on the show okay all right there were a few matches that didn't air they were dark matches uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Bushwhackers against the Nasty Boys and the Mountie. Ooh, in a exciting. Dark match. Uh, let's see what the other... El Matador against Papa Shango. I wish that would have made it onto the show. Who's El Matador? Tito Santana. Oh, okay. When he was doing the bullfighter game. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, then the other one was Tatanka and the Berserker. That probably could have been a dark match in El yeah. Matador and... Well, what's his face? So, for the main show, uh, Legion of Doom against Money Incorporated, DiBiase and IRS. No thanks. Yeah. See, that was actually a pretty pretty good match. That's one of the ones that I actually enjoyed from that show. Well, I mean, you got Legion of Doom and, I mean, Ted DiBiase and IRS. They were great workers. So, I I couldn't think that it'd be too disappointing. Funny thing is, this was Hawk's last match with WWF. After this, he went and joined up with the Hells Angels and just joy rode around England for a little while. Well, that seems like a trade down. Yeah, he was a little, a little messed up back then. A little so. CTE that wasn't diagnosed yet. Just substance, no? just substances. Hawk uh, danced to a beat of his own drum. I see. Yeah, so Animal had to. Tag with Crush for the rest of that tour before they went back home and then Animal right. wrapped up. Um, you know, next match. <laughs> this one really, I, you could have swapped out Matador and Papa Shango for this one. Virgil versus Nails. That's an exciting <laughs> match. <laughs> Virgil meets Sauce Jones against Nails. Nails Who won that one. Uh, Nails squashed him. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it was very one sided. My Honestly, my favorite match on this show, Shawn Michaels against Rick Martel. Uh, Sherry's in Shawn's corner. And it was ridiculous because both guys agreed not to hit each other in the face. Oh, how cute. <laughs> so it was fun watching how they try to get out of that. Obviously, at the end, they're just slugging it out. Oh, Sherry yeah. faints. It's just hijinks. Right. And Sherry was just so good. You know? Oh, yeah. Sherry was phenomenal. Yeah. But on the just without thinking of all the the fluff and all that stuff, those are two fucking great workers. Oh yeah, Shawn Michaels, Rick Martel, absolutely. And yeah, I could watch them wrestle all the time. I actually went to reach out to Martel to come on. I found his Twitter page and did the info. It's all of his like 
tag team champion, AWA champion, <laughs> no podcasts in the info. So Fantastic. Like, all right. Hey, save me some time. He had the little He had arrogance, yeah. the perfume yeah. in the atomizer. All right. Uh, World Tag Team title match. This was actually a fun one. Uh, the Natural Disasters against the Beverly Brothers. Typhoon and Earthquake. Mm-hmm. Who and, are the Beverly Brothers? Uh, well, they were Bo and Blake Beverly. They were they're, they're brothers, you know, not real yeah. But they were a tag team in a, the AWA in the 80s called the Destruction Crew. Okay. And this is their rebranding. They had the Genius as their manager. I remember the Genius. Yeah. And, of course, the genius treated everyone to a poem before the match. Oh, yeah. Which, Put everybody to sleep. Oh, you can't talk bad about the genius. He was, Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know my brother has Lenny Poffo's book of poems from the mid-'80s that he put out. I liked what he wrote for Randy Savage's Hall of Fame. And oh, yeah, that was great. But, you know, fun match. It's... I always thought it was weird when the natural disasters were baby faces. Why is that? Because they're big Because they're big, mean-looking guys, and they were such a good heel team. But then it just wound up being Jimmy Hart had three heel teams, so they had to take one and make them baby faces. Eventually, right. it was the Nasty Boys turned baby face also. That's like, weird. By the end of the year. But, yeah, so... It was a fun match. Beverly, this really good, really good team. That's going to come up later, by the way. Okay. And then, yeah, Natural Disasters got the win, kept their titles. Uh, kind of a fun one. Crush versus the Repo Man, which is basically demolition going one-on-one. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out to yeah, me. Yeah, right? And Crush was kind of getting the big pushes, the big powerhouse baby face. Right. It's kind of is a one sided match. Crush got the win over Repo. Oh, yeah. I mean, for the Repo, for the mullet alone, Crush should have been the world (laughs) champion. Absolutely. I remember. Didn't he have a bright colored? It was like orange and purple uh, singlet. Yeah. And then eventually, when he turned heel, he went back to the face paint and like the dark colors with Fuji. But yeah, he was like Mister Smiley. White meat baby phase at this point. Is he still alive? Crush? No, Crush passed away. I thought he passed Adams. away. Yeah, Brian Adams passed away several years ago. Uh, world title match. They put this on kind of early, all things considered. Savage and the Warrior. And the story behind this was Rick Rick Flair's not on the show okay. like, as in a match. But the story going into this was Mr. Perfect was going to be in one of their corners. Okay. So it was kind of like um, who's going to turn on who kind of story they were telling. Eventually, Flair and Perfect came down, and they attacked both of them. So it was just all a big roost. And, okay. Uh, Warrior won by count out. Savage kept the belt. It was not one of my favorite matches. That sounds like a boring it's, match. It's kind of a fart in church, yeah. to borrow a term. But uh, Make fun it, of it for a second and then ignore it. Right. Yeah, so that way Warrior gets a count-out win. Savage doesn't take a loss. Savage gets to keep the belt. Everybody so wins. keep them both up. Well, a little 50-50 booking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we all know how booking Warrior was back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Kamala with uh, Harvey Whippleman and Kim Chi against The Undertaker with Paul Bearer. And this was a fun match. Uh I enjoyed Kamala. I love Kamala. 
scared the hell out of me when I was little because I first saw him when I was like five years old when he first came to WWF from uh, uh, Mid-South. I was more scared of him than The Undertaker. Yeah. I was a, I and Papa Shango. Those two, I was way more afraid of yeah. than Undertaker. Yeah. I I like Taker as a baby face back in at this period. Just because he was kind of like the anti-baby face. He was like the dark dark side, you know. You would think he would be a heel. Right. But everybody just... It's kind of a, it's a thing where I think he got over and the fan... And the, the bookers just said, okay, we got to make him a baby face. Yeah. So they realized and they're listening to the fans. Yeah. Which, the, which does happen. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. But yeah. So that was, I, I want to say a 95 or six year run as a baby face for Taker, which was unheard of. Usually people would be swapping back and forth two or three times. Was it, was it around in that? Six years or so when Paul Bear turned on Taker? Yeah, that was in 96. Okay. So it was a few years down the road. Yep. Shout out Keith Gibson saying, saying hello. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Hopefully we'll uh, we'll hear from you soon. BJ Capel checking in. How's it going? Hello, all. Hello, all. Yeah. All right. Howdy. That was a- howdy. Howdy. <laughs> But that was a fun match. It's uh, Kamala got DQ'd, and then they did the whole thing where he was hitting multiple big splashes on Taker. Then Taker sat up. Then you see Kamala's eyes get huge and like, runs away. They run away, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that led to the casket. It wasn't a casket match. It was a coffin match at Survivor Series, which was a real coffin. It was like it was one where you actually had to put nails in it, right? <laughs> Instead of just flipping a lid, right? So, then, uh, then before the main event, they I forget the name of the group. They had some bagpipers from Scotland come out and play, and Roddy Piper came out and played with them a little bit. Okay. Terramana. <laughs> I think that's Sorry. a new jingle. Sip break. Huh? Sip break. Sip, sip break. Yeah. I know what it sounded it's like. It's all about the Terramana. Okay. All right. And then the main event, it just goes without saying, uh, Hitman and Bulldog. Five-star match. Classic. Oh, yeah. This was still pretty early in Brett's uh, singles run. Mm-hmm. Cause it was about two months before he won the world title for the first time. But he was basically working everybody. Michaels, Virgil. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't. Ooh. Your thoughts to Virgil. I know he's been having some health problems. I don't want to seem crass. Yeah, we don't want anybody to have bad health problems. No. Our associate producer, Scrappy, is in the studio with us. Uh, but yeah, just everything about that match was was great. Uh, didn't get a pin with a, with a finish. It was a roll-up, which surprised me. Sometimes those are the best because right. they're out of nowhere. God, God forbid you win a wrestling match with a wrestling hold. Right. <laughs> you have to have a finisher. Yeah. Then they did the big family because uh, Brett's sister slash Bulldog's wife was in the crowd. Uh huh. So they did the big like group hug in the ring. It was just sappy kind of. <laughs> yeah. But no, that was easily the the best match on the show. Oh, probably by far. Probably match of the year, to be honest with you. 
if I, I had to that. Th- if I had to think through, all through 1992, I'd say match of the year, easy. And then that led the way for Brett to challenge eventually Flair. Flair had beaten Savage later on for the world title. Okay. And then Brett took it off Flair. But yeah, it's uh, like I said, not my favorite SummerSlam. I mean, for the time, it was it was good. Just you know. Right. It was back when it was all about characters and kind of over-the-top guys. And then you sprinkle in some legit wrestlers in there. Your Bretts, your Michaels, your Martells, your Bulldogs. So, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I would definitely recommend watching this show just to kind of see what I was, what I was saying about it. And, uh, yeah. So, to shout out to i forget even the name of the guy the request is to talk about it but there you go man it's uh you it wasn't you. me <laughs> it was not me i promise whoever requested it there you go but but also the visual of doing that show at wembley stadium in london was awesome it looked yeah. really cool the big soccer stadium you know that's crazy for football. that time to me football. football also also an american football stadium when they bring Teams over now to yes, but it's still football. Yes, I took Spanish class, so it's football with the U. With the... Yep. in Britain, it's actually footies. Football. I did not know that they play footies. <laughs> not 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 footsie. Not footsies. Footies. Uh, let's see. Up oh, there's Dwayne. What they don't do is play soccer. Yeah. Hey, Dwayne. Dwayne, uh, he was hanging out with his girlfriend. Phone was. Charging. charging so she left so Dwayne <laughs> he kicked her out when we realized he's like he's like hey my phone's charged on. get the hell out <laughs> uh, how rude my, my buddy Gary was the tag match as good as hype from Ring of Honor we didn't get into the tag match from Death Before Dishonor no we didn't FTR and Briscoe's two out of three falls chef's kiss is oh yeah such a good match <laughs> and uh dang it what's his name I can't. Uh, was it Wheeler or the other one, Dax? Dax, the one that with the her daughter or his daughter yeah. that had the problem. Fight like an eight year old girl, he said. Yep. But yeah, phenomenal match. I'll go two out of three falls when done right. Between and this was two done right. Great tag teams. Yeah. For my money, I think the two best tag teams in wrestling right now. I think by far, honestly, because yeah. I'm tired of just people just being thrown together and hope for the best. Yeah, and. For as long as I can remember being a fan, I love tag team wrestling from way back when, like when I started watching, it was the Bulldogs, it was Heart Foundation, the Horsemen, Rockers, all those. LOD. I love the Rockers first. That was my first tag team that I really enjoyed. My my first favorite tag team, I think, was Strike Force, which was uh, Tito and Martel. Was that a cartoon? No. Okay. It was Tito and Rick Martel. This is about 87, 88. Okay. And they were the the white meat baby faces. They had the lightning bolts on their tights, doing the all this stuff, you know. But got they were, your attention. Got my. They, they grabbed your attention. And I know Nards doesn't like Tito, but you know he likes Tito's. Yes, he likes Tito's. Uh, Gary Vasselia <laughs> wants to know: Was the tag match as good as hyped from Ring of Honor? I say better. Ooh, I'm good really match. great match. I would say they've had two. At least five star matches just this year alone. And Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor, yeah. The was gonna be defunct that Tony Khan brought out of defunctitude? Yes. 
he got the funk out of it. Right. It was good job, over- Tony. I'm sorry. Good job, Tony. Good job. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Come on, Mark. Tell us all. Gotta... Good job, Tony. Come hey, on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> hey, credit where it's due. Tony's been doing a good job with Ring of Honor. I mean, they haven't had TV yet. That I think that'll come. But the pay per views he's put on so far have been great. So hats off to him. Uh, Dwayne's worried about Brock being at SummerSlam. He did show up on SmackDown after all. I think we since talk he, about this, Dwayne, if you were here on time, we, we didn't get all the this. way through this, but okay. we didn't dig all the way in. Right. I'm I th- sorry. I think since he showed up on SmackDown, I think he'll be there at SummerSlam. I'm. I think he will be. I hope so. We paid ninety nine ninety five for the live stream, didn't we? Nine ninety nine for a month is on Peacock. Is that what it was? Peacock. Nine oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of sad that I rent Peacock every month. And the only time I think I use it is when everybody watches wrestling. I use it a lot. Just I like The Office. I like Parks and Rec, all that stuff, too. So. Oh, there's, there's shows. I just never yeah. pay attention to which network they're on. Yeah. Apple TV consolidates them all into one, like, yeah. hey, watch this. The, aside from the, the pay-per-views that we watch, I, you know me, I've got to watch the old stuff on there, too. The ECW, the WCW, and all that. So He has so much time for television. I don't. Let's see. <laughs> Gary says, I think having Claudio as your champ is a great move. I agree. Um, Me as well. You said he's a beast. Probably the pound for pound strongest guy I've ever seen in the ring. For sure. And <clears throat> also, take the strength aside. He's a friggin' technician. You know, he can go hold for hold with anybody. Oh, yeah. Whatever he's fighting against, he can do better. Yeah. I've seen him go with Quackenbush. I've seen him go with Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. at Forbidden Door. You know. You said strongest guy ever, right? Pound for pound, I think you said. That I've seen. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just curious. Have they ever let Mike Tyson wrestle? He's never wrestled. He's He's punched somebody in the face. He's punched people in the face in the ring, but he's never actually wrestled. Were they scripted punchers? Did he actually hurt a motherfucker? They were work. Damn it. They were work. Because I really want to see him get his anger on in a wrestling ring, because he just seems like it would be vicious. You you don't want to see And (laughs) short-lived. Floyd Mayweather broke Big Show's nose. Right. Yeah, that was shoot. Show that was shoot punches. Yeah, yeah. I think Big Show told him to. Though. Probably. He's like, I'm uh, a big guy. You I know, I got it. nothing to do for the next nine weeks. Go ahead. Fuck me up. Beat me up. Kick my ass. Break my nose. It's like, hey, what? If you break my nose, we'll draw money. <laughs> Probably. Draw blood, draw money. Red makes green is the old axiom in pro wrestling. Let's see. Well, and then Vince was done with the red parts. He yeah, didn't want to be Christmas all the time. They, apparently, they went more family friendly, you know, for better or worse, and worse. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was some news this week about that too. But we'll discuss that later. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we haven't even got bigger into, fish to fry. Yeah, I don't. I'm worried about getting into all this stuff because I think Narge is still planning on calling in at some point. But we can always. We've been chatting. Back. He's waiting on. Uh, well, soon we're going to know if he's pregnant. Or he has herpes. I'm not sure which, but or both. He's still at the doctor's office waiting on results. Yeah. Uh, Shout out he's to not Narge. Feeling good at all. Feeling a little under the weather today. Hopefully he's feeling good. So we're gonna move on. We can always circle back if he calls in. Uh, on Sunday, we got uh, the big Ric Flair last match show out of Nashville. Yes, sir. We're Have doing you, that too, aren't we? Here we're doing that. Yeah, here. we are. Have you seen the build up to that yet, Cal? Nope. On. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, they've been doing this kind of docu-series. I saw where they like attacked him out by a car or Lethal something. jumped Flair after the press conference, 
and bloodied him up, and then Jarrett jumped in too. So, so the match is going to be Jarrett and Jay Lethal against Flair and Andrade, yeah. who is his shoot son-in-law. Right. And uh, there's a lot of speculation if Charlotte's going to actually be able to be at the show. I don't think. I, I wouldn't Maybe be surprised. Maybe backstage. But I wouldn't I don't be think. surprised. I mean, is that show being sponsored by Medline by any chance? I'm sorry. Is the Ric Flair thing being sponsored by Medline? No. Manufacturers of medical walkers? <laughs> no. Blue Chew? No. It's part, it's the crown jewel of uh, StarCast Weekend in Nashville. Uh, Comrade Thompson, Flair's other son-in-law, is yeah. uh, doing the big convention, a bunch of wrestling shows. It's one of those things I've always wanted to go check out, but just it never works out between time and money, you know? Right. Just like everything. Yeah. There's not enough time, the, not the enough first, money. The first couple were in Chicago, but then the last couple, well, the last one was in Vegas, and then this one's going to be in Tennessee. But uh, the the overall show looks awesome for that. I don't know if you've seen the card yet, Kyle. I, I've I think heard it, parts of it, but I refreshed me a little. So uh, Josh Alexander, the Impact World Champion, is taking on Jacob Fatu, uh, basically cousin of the bloodline. Of everybody? Of everybody, except for Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. The Briscoes against the Von Erich brothers, uh, Marshall and Ross, that are Kevin's sons. Okay. The American Wolves, which is Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards against the Motor City Machine Guns, which I think is going to steal the show. I used to love the motor... Sh- motor. I cannot Easy. speak tonight. <laughs> you wanted to say Motor City Machine Motor Guns. Motor City Machine Guns. <laughs> it's because I'm hearing myself. It's throwing me oh, yeah. off. I'm enjoying my dulcet tones. Where the tones fuck is he at? The machine guns. What? Yeah. Who? Oh, Scrappy? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, hear just, I hear him riff riff. I'm like, the fuck's he talking to? I'm petting him. I gotcha. Yeah, keep, keep him quiet there, Kyle. All right. Sorry. No, got excited. No, he's got interesting shit to say. Yeah. yeah. No, he's doing, no, he's doing good. Uh, yeah, the machine guns. I used to watch them in Impact all the time. TNA, whatever it was. TNA, yeah. VJ mentioned something about telling Nards this. He said, I was wondering if Elton John designed his outfit. Which outfit are we talking about here? I'm not sure. JJ's, double J. JJ. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's outfit, okay. He's been known for some kind of outlandish attire over the over the years. Some uh, very outlandish attire. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I was going to tell you. You talked about watching the Machine Guns and TNA. Mm-hmm. The first match of theirs I saw was with the Briscoes in Ring of Honor back in 07. And that's one that's on YouTube. So I would recommend it. The Briscoes of now or yeah. the older Briscoes? Yeah, it was the Ring of Honor World Tide Tag Team title match. The Briscoes have been around that long? Oh, yeah. They've been around since, well, since the start of Ring of Honor, at least was 2002. Why am I just hearing about them in the past couple of years? Probably because they've never been on, um, like, with a major company. They've always been a Ring of Honor team. Okay. They just now started with Impact this year. And they had a little cup of coffee with them. Now they've uh, signed a deal with Ring of Honor again. Okay. Well, that fight with FDR really piqued my interest on watching more things from F- them. FTR, not not FDR. It was not... I said FTR. Okay. I thought you said FDR. I was like, they did not wrestle Franklin Roosevelt. I told you, I can't speak tonight. <laughs> it's all right. I see you're getting the back rub from, from Scrappy there. 
Yeah, Scrappy go working it again. I mean, here we go. <laughs> we'll go live on cam in case Scrappy wants to be on camera. Uh-huh. He's he has so, this so real hungry. weirdness about him. A little bit. Come on. <laughs> All right, anyways, that's moving the most, on. Most skittish dog I've ever seen. But no, that's going to be a fun show, I think. And, that feels uh, good. Yeah. Thank you, Scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to my talking points here. I'm actually organized. I made a list. If I would have got a bigger notice, you know me, I would have came in my notebook. <laughs> well, I think we're out of things to talk about, Dwayne. <laughs> my plan was to to mess with Dwayne today. And Suggestions? Yeah, I've let the elephant stay out of the room for a yeah, while. Top ten list, though. But, oh, I, I know what I... I, that's what I forgot. It's it's Tuesday, as we all know. Wasn't so told what it was. It is uh, top ten Tuesday. I went with underrated tag teams between 1990 and 2000. Kind of a generalized list here, but I I picked it because of the FTR Briscoe's match. I want to go with something tag team related. Okay, and it's and these actually are not in any particular order this time. But I've got a pretty solid list of 10 here. So, number, well, just for the sake of having a count, number 10, I've got uh, Mark Jindrak and Sean O'Hare, the WCW. Okay. The Natural Born Thrillers. They weren't, they weren't a team for very long there. There's, they came up right like in the year 2000, right in the tail end of WCW. Right. But both big guys, I think they were both 6'6". Six, six. Maybe 250, 260. Wasn't one of them supposed to be an evolution? Uh, yeah, Jindrak was originally supposed to be in Batista's spot. And then they shot the vignettes and they decided that wasn't working. So they switched yeah. him. But no, they were good. O'Hare was an insane athlete. Uh, yeah, did, that little... Did a <laughs> little soul patch. Yeah. Did a better swanton than Jeff Hardy, which is saying something because he's huge. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they. I thought they. If WCW had stuck around, they could have had a little more steam as a, with a tag run. Number nine, I've got the Orient Express from WWF. That's a great movie. Both of them. Great book too. We're talking about murder on the Orient Express. Yes, sir. Agatha Christie. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I, I should be respectful. Damn, Agatha Christie. That is correct. More creative than Vince McMahon could <coughs> ever be. Well, Vince has never written a novel. Vince hasn't written anything solid, creative, and well. Now you've ever. only been watching for a couple for a year. <laughs> so. No, I've heard enough complaining for many. <laughs> oh, everybody complains, but people would complain about Agatha Christie's writing too. I don't know who, but nah, she knows how to murder people and not get caught, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, the Orient Express was um, Pat Tanaka, and originally it was a guy named Sato. And uh, eventually he got switched out for Kato, who was in a mask, who was Tanaka's tag team partner, Paul Diamond from Bad Company in the AWA. Which, I thought it was Paul Rogers. You're talking gibberish to me there. No, this is Bad Company with two Ds. Ah, Bad Bad Company. They were uh, managed by a young Diamond Dallas Page in AWA. Okay. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, really good. Tanaka was, was so good. His dad, he's a second generation guy. His dad was a guy named Duke Kiyomuka. He wrestled in the 50s and 60s in okay. Florida. And uh, 
really cool martial arts stuff. They never had a title run, but that's that like early nineties. There was such a log jam at tag teams, then that not everybody was going to get a run. That's why right. the Rockers didn't get a title run. That's which for better or worse. Yeah, I liked them. Yeah, so did I. All right, number eight, Simon and Swinger from ECW. Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger. Uh, what names? Right. Was Simon Diamond related to Dustin Diamond? <coughs> no, not not his real name. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> I say, did he screech in the wing? No, he did complain a lot though. But uh, no, they same deal. They came up as a tag team in like 2000, right around the tail end of ECW. They probably, I think they would have been tag champs if they would have kept going, but they were, uh, they always had good matches on pay-per-views. They had a cool finish, you know, seems to be a trend here. Of, that they would have, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. These off. are, these are underrated teams. Right, right. There's, I get what you're saying. Most, I don't think any of these teams had, a title run in America. No, nobody has, I think. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of ECW, number seven, I got Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. I the remember those chair guys. swinging freaks. Yeah. They were just fun to watch because they just didn't. Balls, Balls and Axel could both wrestle. They were like, they were trained well. Then. Right. So they could go hold for hold with you, but they just preferred to beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> with chairs and barbed wire baseball bats, all that stuff. Well, whatever makes money. Yeah. And that's Axel's second really good tag team because he teamed with uh, with Ian, Ian Rotten and the Bad Breed before oh, okay. that. All right. And then Balls had a couple title runs with Spike Dudley after teaming with Axel. I think he had a run with Masato Tanaka. Okay. But they also, I thought they were a fun team. They had, they had the look. They looked like a team. So... So I put them on here. That's always a plus. Right? They don't look thrown together. <clears throat> right. Uh, like you wear that, and I'll wear this. Right. We don't need to buy matching gear. I'll just wear what I got. Yeah, I'll just walk go out there in jeans. Right. Well, that's what they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Number six. Six. Had to count. Number six. Uh, Vicious and Delicious from WCW. You might know them better as Buff Bagwell and Scott Norton from the NWO. Okay, yeah. I I know who they are. And I had to put the tag team name there because I'm a fan of wordplay yeah. and, and rhyming. But it's just that old portion tank setup. You know, Norton's the big friggin' right. brick house. Thinks he's a shit. Buff's the little guy, can fly around a little bit. He talks all the shit. And what was that team Buff was on? Uh, the American Males? Yeah. With Scotty Riggs? Yeah. I hated that team. I was not a fan. You hated them? Yeah. I didn't like him either. I just like the name Buff Bagwell. He was in a few teams that had some title runs before before this. He was with uh, Too Cool Scorpio Alrighty. at one point. Which okay. I like Scorpio. Yeah. Uh, Stars and Stripes with the Patriot. All right. On. Yeah, the Patriot. And then he did the American Males with, with Riggs. Okay. But this... Norton's a badass. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, no ifs ands or buts about Yeah, uh, arm wrestling champion, like a legit three fifty and just rock solid. You know. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I was like them. They were pretty much like a gatekeeper team for the outsiders in the Makes NWO. Sense. And uh, yeah, 
Uh, oh, sorry. My wife is text messaging me. Okay. Stacy, shh. <laughs> She's she's on her she's taking a walk while she's waiting for the end of the show so she can come pick me up. Uh, number five, this is one of my favorites. Again, they didn't spend a lot of time in the WWF. They were mainly known in Japan. Okay. Uh, Doug Furness and Philip Lafon is about ninety six. Never heard of them. Sorry. Yeah, they were there for maybe a year. That's probably why I never heard of them. And they had some really good matches with Bulldog and Owen on TV. Okay. Uh, again, no title runs, but they were the All Japan Tag Champions overseas before that. So they were something. They were something, but they they didn't. Same deal. There were so many tag teams in '96, '97 that you couldn't get everybody in that top spot. And now we don't have enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Furnace, uh, crazy good athlete, uh, no longer with us, but he was like a powerlifting world record holder. In college, then threw an insane drop kick. Nice. And then Lafon was like your technician. He was the like he was Canadian. I think he might have trained in Calgary. If I don't know that for sure, I'll have to do some research. All right, number four, I've got Power and Glory, Hercules and Paul Roma. Okay. Which, just for their finish alone, that's why I've got them high on the list. The old Enjoyed power, that, huh? The powerplex, yeah, the superplex into the big splash, which uh, FTR does now. But it was, I liked it because they took two guys that were kind of floundering and doing the singles thing. Yeah. They just didn't have anything. So they put them together as a team and they made it work. They put them with Slick. Slick was awesome. I love Slick. (laughs) And, And yeah, it's just. That's where Roma really kind of found his niche as a heel. He'd been in the jobber babyface team for years with Jim Powers before that. But then they put him with Hercules and he just got to just talk shit, you know, be the smarmy asshole, you know. Sometimes that's fun. Yeah. I always, I was always more of a heel guy. I thought it seemed like it was more fun to be a heel than a babyface. Oh, yeah. Ow. <laughs> Scrappy. About pulled my necklace off. <laughs> He's like, Mine. <laughs> so yeah, I put the power and glory there. Number three might be my favorite team out of all these, and that's the Faces of Fear from WCW. Uh, Ming and the Barbarian. Yes. Okay. Ming. Definitely was. the toughest tag team on the list. For sure. Ming is the toughest tag team on this list. Is it true <laughs> Even that without... he ripped somebody's throat out? Remember, when we went to Jake Roberts and uh, not the something throat. about... He bit somebody's nose off. Okay, that was it. But Jake Roberts told a yeah, he, story about Ming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm he like, pulled oh, somebody's yeah. eye out once. Yeah, was, I think it was the eye that he was talking about. Yeah, Ming is not one to mess with. They were they were cool. They just literally, it, it's the easiest thing to book is just two ass kickers, you know. Oh, yeah. And then you look now and uh, Tama and Tangaloa are Ming's sons. And they're like the top tag team in... Uh, New Japan. Is he? Yeah, the Gorillas of Destiny. And uh, they had a little cup of coffee with Impact this year. And uh, yeah, so he's kind of passed that legacy on to them. Then Barb's daughter was in TNA for a little bit. I forget her name, but she was really big, tough-looking woman. I, her right. name is escaping me, but 
But I always like those guys. I like all of their. I liked Haku with the Islanders before that. I like the Powers of Pain, Barbarian okay. and Warlord. So yeah, so yeah, you can't beat it. I thought they're such a good team. Number two, I got TNA, Test and Albert from yeah. WWF. Uh, I knew what a lot of people look or thought what it was when they said it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't hurt that they were managed by Trish Stratus. Absolutely not. No. That but, probably helped them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I don't think Test gets his due for being a, being as good as he was. Not at all. For being a big athletic guy, he had a good look. Wasn't a bad talker. No, he wasn't. No, they kind of he kind of got shoehorned into the angle with Stephanie in '99, and then after that he moved on, teamed up with Albert, and did the thing with. I think they worked at the Dudleys for a lot of that year, and they were only a team for about a year before they split up and Tess went babyface. Oh man! <laughs> but no, it's uh, no Tess was doesn't get his due yeah. for what and then, he did. Then Albert, you know, look what he's doing now. He's right. running the PC now in uh, down in uh, Orlando. Yep, his hairy self. Yeah, I was. I didn't know why people didn't bring like band aids in the ring and just put them on his back and <laughs> yank them off. Wax. <laughs> right. He was always the recipient of the unfortunate "shave your back" chant from the fans. <laughs> well, yeah. All right, and then the other one I got on here. We talked about them on the SummerSlam '92 discussion. The Beverly Brothers, same deal. They were pretty much, if they had somebody debuting or they're trying to build somebody up, they put them in the ring with them, and they would always get a good match out of them. They were the first opponents for the Steiners when they came to WWF. Okay, and then yeah, they worked with Money or not Money Inc. Nasty Boys and Natural Disasters when they were first starting their baby face runs. So, so they were they were they were the mechanics of the uh, tag team division, I think. Okay. To Plus, they better. had the genius. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the second best Poffo brother, Marco. Yes. He's not paying attention. The, no. the genius? Yes. Ra- Randy Savage's brother, Randy okay. Poffo. And nice. I said he was the second best Poffo brother. Oh, you think? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Hear that, Hogan? He was smart enough not to get into it with Hogan. Hogan. Hey, he he has a victory over Hogan. The second one does? By count out. Wow. How did he do that? Because he could count? Because Mr. Perfect stole the world title from ringside. I see. A W's a W. That's right. A win's a win's that's a win's right. a win, motherfucker. All right. So that's our top 10. Who who was part of the head shrinkers? That was... Uh, Dr. Frazier Crane. Dr. Niles Crane. <laughs> it's quiet, you. <laughs> uh, it was Rikishi and Samu. It was when Rikishi was known as Fatu at the time. Did they ever hold the belt? Yeah. Okay. They beat the uh, Quebecers for it, and then they dropped them to Sean and Diesel. Okay. Don't mind if I do. Because I remember them, break. but I couldn't remember who was in it. Eventually, Samu left, and they put the Barbarian in as in the new spot. guy. And then for some reason, they made Fatu wear boots. <laughs> kind of ruin the presentation. Yeah, definitely. Go out there barefoot. Yeah. But you take two big Samoan guys and yes, easiest booking ever. You just send these guys out with no shoes on, 
just throw headbutts and yeah. fly around Splash a little bit. Them. Yeah. And it'll get over. Yeah. And call it a day. Yeah. Speaking of calling it a day, uh, we've done our top 10 Tuesday. I think it's time for Dwayne to hear what he's been wanting to hear all night. <laughs> well, hang on. Oh, Gary, wait a minute. No Wrath and Mortis. I like Wrath and Mortis from WCW, but... Wasn't Canyon uh, one of them? Yeah, Mortis. Yeah. They, mm. they seem almost thrown together under Vandenberg. Shouldn't Mortis have been with Rigor? Or Tenen. <laughs> uh, BJ says they didn't stick around long enough to start getting called VD. A bunch of us are calling that. Who are, who are you talking about there, BJ? Just because oh, Dwayne doesn't know how we're messing with him. I, I saw that. <laughs> but you know what? That's because he didn't fucking tune in when we started. That's right. If he'd have tuned in when we started, the anticipation would have been killing him. <laughs> Easy, Frankfurter. <laughs> hey, our, our buddy Marvin's listening. Marvin Moser, the low-life thug. Hey, what's up, Marvin? Still, our most viewed video on YouTube is my chat with Marvin from last month at zero one. There you go. Well, if all goes well, starting August 9th, we'll have our own most viewed YouTube videos when we do this shit live every two weeks. I like it. That's the goal. So, I'm racking my brain here, Marco. Is there anything that I forgot to bring up today? Uh, let me see here. We talked about... Well, we've mentioned Randy... The Macho Man Savage at least once. I, we've we've side-eyed Hulk Hogan, and the only reason I'm allowing it this one time is because Narge isn't here to literally fucking tortilla slap you out of that chair. Did you see the Hogan coolers that Narge showed us? Those were awesome. I was like, that is great. But we need the rock coolers to put our Terramana in. That's right. Get the, get the awesome one for the beer. That's right. All right. So, Dwayne... Uh, if you're still listening, I guess there was some minor news in the WWE. I know we've been focused on everything else today, but there was minor news in the WWE this last, oh, what, about a week? Uh, about a week. If anybody recalls, a couple of weeks, maybe it was two episodes ago, we heard that good old Vince McMahon was dipping his wick in a different set of candle wax um, and lighting the flames, apparently, Sticky to the business. tune of a couple million dollars, if I remember. Well, last week, I guess the WWE looked at the books, looked at Vince, looked at the books, looked at Vince, said, you know what? The books look better when Vince isn't in them. <laughs> and so I believe they basically let him resign he re or he retire, retired. retire with dignity. And the WWE will attempt to move on with dignity. Right. And that's that's fairly big news by itself, yeah. I would say. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, here's the WWE the thing, CEO slash creative slash Owner, listen, motherfucker, Godfather. it's my way or you're to fuck out of here. Right. Guy is out of here. Right. And so was, what happened after that? Well, he was first off, Vince was very smart because he announced it on Friday evening after the stock. After the news cycle. Yeah, yeah. And the I guess the stock has gone up like $6 as yeah. of this morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and you hear this in the political news cycle all the time. There's a there's a news dead zone right after 4:30 every Friday and that is where people dump shit that scares them to tell the world but they know they have to. You know, that's when politicians are willing to admit I might have slept with an aide. It's at 4:45 <laughs> on a Friday when the news cycle on the weekend starts and people are out getting dinner and getting drunk 
and they're not paying attention. So they hope that by Monday when people wake up and they open the newspaper for the first time, it's kind of fallen off the page. Vince tried that. It didn't work because the wrestling world, as everybody knows, is 24 fucking 7, and people like us talk about it. Right. So when Vince originally stepped down from the CEO position, he was retaining creative control and everything. The uh, After he retired on Friday... The news came out Monday that Triple H was taking over all creative. He was like the head of creative. And now. if if memory serves, Triple H was doing creative for that alternate team NXT. company, right? NXT, and got yanked from that. Yes, like he, like Vince, like fuck you, you can't do that no more. Vince had his own yeah. vision, that, right. For better or worse, and and Triple now, <laughs> sorry, Vince, your only vision now is retirement papers. Sign them. Pretty much. Triple H is now in charge of creative, and the first major act out of that was, we're going to go with some TV-14 coverage. We're not doing this G-rated shit all the time. Well, is that right? That actually got announced before Vince retired. Oh, did it? They just hadn't pulled the yeah. trigger on it yet. I see. Okay, okay. Well, and I didn't see the the box on the on the screen yesterday during Raw, so I don't know if they actually went TV-14 well, yet. It, it probably takes a it few takes a cycles bit. to get in and go, okay, yeah. now we're ready for it. Yeah. But uh, having Triple H take over... Obviously a legend, right? right? He's a legend in the whole company in general. Right. Great mind for the uh, business. This yeah, is the main thing um, for me. I, I think egos are what took him off of NXT to begin with. I think Vince's ego was a little too large. I would say more stubbornness from Vince. It's like... Okay, all right. I'll, Vince I'll is notoriously that. a pretty stubborn guy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially well, I mean, it, it did take him, you know, three fucking weeks after everybody found out his dick was everywhere but where it belonged before he said, I'm probably hurting the business. I mean, I don't know. The first time he did it wrong and had to sign one of those NDA slash checks, he should have thought about stepping down. Just being smart enough to know this is going to come out down the road one day. If I leave now quietly, nobody will care if it ever happened. It turns out from what I was reading today, the all the money that he paid out was wasn't from the company. It was like his personal finances. Mm-hmm. That he was putting out. So he didn't embezzle money from the company. Oh, no, it's not for embezzlement. Right. But when the CEO of a corporation no, does it. something wrong, the corporation saying. oftentimes we'll say, finds cash for a contractor to have money to shut the fuck up. Right. But with that said, you know, so Vince is gone. And th- we could talk about. What he may or may not oh, wait a have minute. done. Wait a minute. But- Bigger news. Fuck this Triple H shit. Here's the best news, guys. There's a con in charge of this fucking company now. So we have competing cons. Hit the, hit the button. Oh, I don't have... Right, yeah, bon- uh, here we go. Let me see. Here we go. Competing cons. There we go. Yeah, so Nick Khan is co-CEO with Stephanie now. Right. I don't know who's if one has more authority than the other does. But, yeah, then Triple H was named head of creative, and I think he's also running talent relations now. Well, I don't know Nick Khan, but based on Stephanie McMahon, that's, she's married to Triple H, right? Yeah. Yep. So Stephanie is the co-CEO, and Triple H is known as the enforcer. Yep. Nick Khan will just be like whatever Stephanie likes. <laughs> That's what if I believe. He was, if he was smart, yeah. Stephanie's got a better head for the 
for the product than for Nick the wrestling Khan does. product itself. Yeah. And then Triple H is he more like a, is Nick Khan more of like a money man? He's more of like a accountant guy. Yeah. 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 So so he'll look at the gates, the receipts, the merch numbers, and go. You know what? Yeah. We're running a little low on these numbers. How do we improve it? And then right. she and Triple H will go. Let's do this. Right. That makes sense. What do you guys think out there that are listening about? Wow, Dwayne Carter finally, after 26 episodes, figured out it was a sound clip from the Wrath of Khan. Everybody give Dwayne a round of applause. (laughs) Anyways. That's all you get. But what do y'all think about Triple H is now in charge of creative in general? Is that a good move, a bad move, or are we going to wait and see? I think it's a move that should have happened five years ago. I agree. Maybe, Maybe longer. So do you think when he was starting to do it for NXT, them pulling back on him was a dumbass move? Yes. Okay. Because the NXT product, when Triple H was running it, was the best show they had on TV product-wise. Yes, it was. The only problem is they got put on the same time slot as the shiny new toy, which is AEW, which was kind of just a rock and a hard place. If they would have put NXT on Tuesdays to begin with, Mm -hmm. they would There'd be no issues. They'd have probably solid ratings and, you know, who knows? Triple H might have still been in charge the whole time. Was was Triple H's NXT losing to AEW or was it kind of competitive? They were losing the ratings, but... They were close, weren't they? They were close at first. It it was kind of fluctuating a little bit. But I think NXT had a better in-ring product than AEW. But just, like I said, AEW was... Storylines. It was... Yeah, but then AEW is just the new thing and the alternative. Look, so. it's bright and shiny squirrel. Right. I get it. I get it. So Triple H now is doing all creative? He's the head of creative. They still have the, the head creative, of creative team, right? but he's he oversees it all. Do you think that uh, that coupled with the move to, you know, ex- kind of... I mean, they're not expanding the audience. They're literally slimming down the audience by moving to the 14 rating because now they're saying, hey... Maybe this isn't for your seven-year-old. Well, that's the thing. They've been gearing toward kids for almost 15 years Right, now. exactly. The whole Cena lifetime, pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the you can't see me thing? Yeah. I, think I don't think a child under 18 doesn't understand that right. whole bit. Because right. I think 2008 is when they went to TV PG, if my math is right. Okay. But, uh, so it's been a good while. Because they came out of that ruthless aggression attitude era, you and know. That was the beginning of Cena, and then right. it started becoming with those fruity pebble shirts and everything. Right, 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 and, right. and then you got your horn swoggles and your matadors and all this stuff. Yep. All the, they started getting more character driven and more kid based. Right. But yeah, I think they know that to, and they're between the ratings and their revenue, they're not in any danger of having any problems. But to creatively hang with AEW, I think they've got to go TV 14, kind of get a little bit more edgy in their product. Is AEW a 14 product? I At least. So. They yeah. drop some, At least. They dropped some uh, shit bombs on TV, and okay. they do a lot of the blood and all that stuff. They've even thrown shots at WWE verbally. Like, oh, they, that's, in the, that's, that's cheap heat. You know, that's lazy. Yeah, I, I know, but so, like, the gun so, club. So WWE, oh, so hold on a minute. So you've answered. What are your thoughts on Triple H taking over? Because I've I heard you. the best thing they could be doing right now. There's yeah? no other better mind possible to put in that position. Okay. All right. Do you see Triple H doing anything to bring in some of the legacy guys like Hogan, The Rock, and all that to just try and, like, rebind people to the sport? Because let's be honest, 
you have a series of fans today that have only heard of some of these legends, right. and you have some fans of the legendary guys that have been looking at the the product we've had for what the last, like you said, fifteen years, and went, yeah. ah, that's some shit. I'm not going to watch it. Do you see Triple H saying, hey, wait a minute. Let's bring some of these guys in so the older fans who left us might come back, see what we're brewing now. Kind of like the whole, you know, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Right. This is what we're making now, not what we made last year. This is today. That could that could happen to a degree. I also think that he's going to try. I've heard there for a while they had had the edict where they weren't going to go after independent wrestlers anymore. They were going to just go for college athletes. Right. And, but now they're having, I guess, open tryouts at the PC coming up for indie wrestlers. That's and, a good uh, thing. So I think Triple H is kind of pivoting out of that original mindset, getting back to getting some people with some wrestling know-how. Right, because here, here's my question for it, to piggyback off of that question. Um, do you think he's going to bring back Road Dog, who has the back-in-that-era mindset? How about Shane McMahon coming back? Because that was his problem between Vince and himself. Shane might be a slippery slope. I think he's got to get his ego in check. Well, I'm just saying back. even like Shane to help in the back because he was grown up in that era too when they were TV 14. That would work. But I think Shane has a little bit of that ego where he wants to have some. He wants time. to be in Stephanie's spot. But I don't even think that. I think he wants to be in the ring. Right. But. Yeah, with uh, like what you were asking about bringing back some of the legends, I think that could happen to a degree. But I also think he's going to try and attract some of that AEW audience by getting some of the indie guys in and uh, to kind of make it more of a wrestling product than an entertainment product. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I do see that, but we also need that entertain entertainment aspect because well, that'll, that'll be there. Look at DX when they were getting big and everything, right. it was entertainment. Yeah. Yes. It was their fighting, but as long as they've got a, our truth and a Miz, they're going to have that entertainment aspect. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but my question is how many, like triple H lost a lot of his guys, not just backstage, but in the ring, like to AW and other other companies, so I wonder if this call is going to entice some of these guys once their contracts are up wherever they're at to maybe think about coming back to WWE and kind of going back to where they were. Yeah, I I could see that, but I also would like to see them bring up some up and comers. Oh yeah, like DX was being born with road dog and Billy Gunn and all of them, they don't have to be DX. Don't get me wrong, but they need to have entertainment skills and wrestling skills wrestling before entertainment. Well, you know who I think, and I've told Narge this, I've said this to Lambo in the face. If there's one guy, I think that's going to be their top guy that can do the entertainment and can do the athleticism. It's going to, it's going to be Montez Ford and the street profits. I could say that. I don't see think, that. I don't think he he's said he's not he doesn't think he's ready for that singles run yet. But when the time comes, I think he's he's got he he's an entertaining son of a bitch, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> Plus he's a crazy athletic. He's gotten his body right. He's got the whole package right. I think now. Dolph needs a run. I could Dolph see Lundgren? Dolph Ziggler. Yes. <laughs> Gary Vassalio says he thinks uh, Stefan Khan torpedoed Vince because they knew he was killing the product. 
And that that, that wouldn't surprise me either. Like I said, I think he he should have recognized three weeks ago when the the news broke. He should have retired the next day, is my opinion, but that's just it. Yeah. Everybody saying how surprised they are. As soon as those first accusations come out, it's like he's going to be gone sooner than later. And yeah, I think we discussed that. Yeah, and yeah, I, wanna, I thought the same thing. But I want to make a point, though. We're talking about the huge positive for Triple H taking the book. Oh, yeah, it's a major positive from everything I hear from you guys and everybody yeah. else. But I, I want to make a point. Uh, I can I speak for me. I think I can speak for Narge and most wrestling fans. I'd say most of us would not be fans if it wasn't for Vince McMahon. Absolutely. So, I mean... Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. You know, yeah, it's not a, it's not a dig on him. It it, no. it is more of a dude. You fucked up. Glad you're leaving. Things were going right. south with you in charge, anyways. I just want to retire gracefully. Yes, yeah. I but agree. There would be no Vince. WWE without Vince McMahon. Right. When it, when did he take over? Forty five years ago. He took over in 1982 when he bought it from his dad. And so 40 years ago. WrestleMania years was 83, right? 85. Yeah. 85. Okay. Yeah. So he took over 40 years ago. So mm-hmm. for 40 years he steered this ship. He's been. He brought face. us WrestleMania and what, like seventy-seven other pay-per-views a month. He's given us WrestleMania, uh, Hulkamania <laughs> on the big, the scale. SummerSlam stuff, Summer everything, yeah, pay-per-view in general. I mean, pay-per-view in general. And then he signed the deal with Peacock. Right. He created after he did a WWE Network, which people right. bought into, and then he realized, you know what? I don't have the. Uh, if I understand. He left because he didn't have the infrastructure. I he had to go right. somewhere else because he didn't have infrastructure. He went to Peacock, said, look, how about this? And they went, fuck yeah. And that's been working for everybody, the best right. I can tell. And yep. honestly, I think that is what is giving them the market share that AEW doesn't. Because mm-hmm. Khan, the other Khan, the AEW Khan, TK. he's still trying to do fucking pay-per-views. And nobody wants these days to spend exorbitant amount of monies on a scripted sporting event or whatever you call it versus like what we're doing with peacock which you're going to see the same quality stuff it's there but it's just part of you know, hey this is awesome it's a yeah. special event versus a man i gotta have 50 bucks for this that, that also yeah. so many bring, brings so many more viewers to peacock just for mm-hmm. wwe like right. oh look what else we have right on here exactly and Which is what I believe AEW needs to do. Not on Peacock, but no, something. If they can get a deal with like a Paramount Plus or an HBO right. Max or somebody. Absolutely. They, then they can get their AEW product and they could maybe get the Ring of Honor product on there. Yeah. And then get a same deal. A whole set eyes on the other product on HBO Max. But then the HBO viewers that, that oh, I haven't seen wrestling in a while. Right. Check this out, you know. Right. Or bring all the wrestlers over and go, oh, look what else is on HBO right. Max or... Exactly. Whatever. It's... Uh, <laughs> Dwayne says, I love WWE on Peacock. So do I. I'm a, I'm a Peacock guy. I like... Like I said, I'm a TV nerd in general, so... Right. Well, I, think, TV. I think the word TV in front of that is a misnomer. Saying More of a nerd. Too general? Just a general nerd. I mean, you nerd out in several different directions. TV is not just, it's just I, one of them. I like to think I'm a renaissance nerd. That's it. There we go. Now that's the word. <laughs> Mark Redman, the renaissance nerd. Coming soon to ProWrestlingTees.com. You know what? We'll find you a picture in a renaissance fair outfit and call you the renaissance nerd. I put myself on a Leonardo da Vinci painting. That type something. of thing, yeah. With a TV sitting right in front of There him. will be no nude titties. I'm just saying this now. No titties. 
Some bitch don't do it in studio. I'll turn on the fucking. I'll turn on the fucking camera. I don't give a shit. They'll be my, looking at Joe titties. Stacy might be listening, and I can feel her giving me a side eye right now. If if she knew what was going on, Dwayne loves WWE on Peacock. I just want to say I can't imagine why. Could it be awkward pause? Because it's only yes. ten dollars a <laughs> oh, month. I was reading, and the, there's uh, no fifty dollar fucking pay per views. Exactly. Like I said, I think that was a genius yep. business move. Yep. And Dwayne uh, just said, it. "He said Peacock keeps me from spinning an arm and a leg for pay per views." See, that's it. See, not bad. No, not bad at all. Well, I read your eyes. mind, Dwayne. What? It brings eyes. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's have a uh, let's have one last Terramana break. Okay. And then start the wrap up. You guys ready for this? Sure. All right, everybody hold up your drinks. Drink with us. Oh, my God, that's good. Yeah, I won't try to pass it around like that. (laughs) Narge, we missed you tonight. Um, Get well soon. Thanks Uh, for getting on me on tonight, brother. He's been waiting on results. Um, So we still don't know anything important. I've been communicating with with him offline because I was hoping to get him involved in this last discussion, but that didn't work out Uh, because apparently, you know, there's a long line at the lab or whatever. Right. So, but, so um, let's hope that uh, by the next day or two, he's on the mend all the way. Absolutely. And then uh, two weeks on our next episode, August 9th, it's the big one year. It is the one year special. Uh, This was our 26th episode. So the next one would be the first in season two, as you would call it. Right. Right. Uh, We'll have Reed Zilla back with us next week. We should have, we should have, we should have Kyle Reed, Andrea Lynch, Menders, Mindy Elam, Uh Dwayne Carter, uh, Dwayne Carter. I think Lemondola, right? Joe Lemondola should be back. Uh, we're still waiting to hear if Gary Vasselio can make it. Right. Uh, he has an early day the next day. We yeah. want to maybe bring him in early on the first yeah. next episode. Or, or Gary, if you want to just zoom in. Yeah, zooming in is always possible. Yep. Uh, uh, Keith will not be able to join Keith us. Keith Gibson cannot. He has a family thing going on, and we, right. we understand and appreciate. Understandable. Right. Um, hey, also, thanks to Keith, he's been such a big help this first year. Been a supporter. Big supporter. And he's got us, in case you haven't been listening, uh, Clubhouse Lounge Radio is a streaming radio station he hosts out of Monticello, Illinois. Uh, he does a lot locally. Like, he's a very support-your-local-business guy. So he's been working uh, lately a lot with the Unity Rockets organization yeah. and a couple of places in Tolono to promote Unity Rockets uh, sporting events. Uh, he's going to be doing live broadcasts. But he also takes every one of our episodes and... And he puts it on the Clubhouse Radio, Clubhouse, lounge is radio. it Lounge Radio or Radio Lounge? Lounge Radio. Lounge Radio. He plays it on there in, in the stream. So you can always hear us there. Uh, Thank you, Keith. Yeah, it, it really means yeah. a lot to us, Keith. And then so, uh, also just got our plugs in, Marco. Yes. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash JTRPod. Uh, we got a couple new designs up. We got a treasure trove. of. Uh, is mine on there yet? Uh, not yet. I'm still working on that. Working that, on it. We're gonna. It's a little do we, tricky. We have a we have a, a new Ramones inspired shirt. Yeah, it's got the old uh, our version of the presidential seal logo for right, the, right. the Ramones. And I believe Mark here designed a Team Marco type of shirt. That's right, with the blue with a uh, Dallas Cowboys type motif. Yes, it's not the yep. Cowboys because yep. we aren't the Cowboys. Right, right. But it's got that motif. Yeah. Um, we got which new- is cool. We got a new uh, shirt for the ladies. 
Ladies Love Wrestling 2. That's right. That's right. And I believe that's on a, a white or a pink shirt, it's isn't it? It's on a pink shirt. It's on a pink shirt. Nice. Um, so that's a new one. Yeah. We have a new Tequila Narge in the works. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually hoping because Mark put one up a few months ago. It's kind of and, a general uh, one. It was more general. The one we're going to work on is going to be a little more... Uh, yeah, look at how fucked up he is. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to have it up for the first anniversary show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, time is fleeting these days between yeah. people being sick, day jobs, podcasts. Uh, oh, yeah, there was a whole swimming pool thing going on a few weeks right, there. Right. So uh, yeah, then I got a. I know I got a couple other designs I'm working on. Right on. Right on. Get in there. Uh, YouTube. We got all of our episodes are on our YouTube channel, Jumping the Rail Podcast. Uh, we got some uh, unboxing videos from the Pro Wrestling Crate on there. Make and sure then, you also check out the Narge-tastic Voyage. Yes, Narge-tastic that's, uh, Voyage. That's Mike Nargelinus. That's his ch- station with his with- son, Kyler. They do some pro wrestling unboxing. They do some baseball unboxing. They do food videos. They do food videos. And Kyler, I'll tell you what. It's awesome. The kid is a burgeoning star. Oh, yeah. He does his own thing. All by himself, and some of the videos he has posted have got the most views of all of them, yeah. uh, especially when Murray's in them. I don't know why, <laughs> but Murray, I think it's because everybody's hoping he'll pull a fire alarm. Right. But I really, it's it's great to watch. Well, he wants to see the fire trucks. Them, yeah, I mean, yeah. But those kids are so much energy and so much fun, yeah. so you, know, you got to check them out. Yeah. You know, we got to see if Kyler's going to join us. And uh, yeah, he should join us in two weeks. He should join us. He's a part of the show, you know. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, And the next show, I'm hoping, as long as everything works out, we're going to be doing full video, four seat. Uh, The biggest complication we've had right now is getting the Zoom people video integrated because we only want their video integrated to our feed. But right now, it's like our feed gets integrated there, and that causes a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, and we also hope to be streaming to multiple platforms simultaneously by then. Yep. Gary says Zooming would work probably, so I think Gary's going to call in in two weeks. Yes, Dwayne. Kyle's picking you up. I think we had that conversation. <laughs> it has he, been discussed. But, but you understand, Kyle comes with a bottle of Terramana to every show. Dwayne, I think it's only fair... I will I will leave it unsaid from there. I was going to throw it out there. You, <laughs> buy it. you know, usually when Dwayne comes here, he brings a big box of tacos with Taco Bell. He has brought some Taco Bell before. I think that might be taco and tequila. Taco, ta- tacos tequila. and tequila on a Tuesday. Holy fuck. Who would have ever thought <laughs> those were a good combination? It's a, it's a tongue twister. Tacos, tequila, Tuesday. All right. So I think we've covered everything that we need to. So... Until our big year-long anniversary show for Marco and Kyle, uh, get well soon, Narge. And this is Redman, and we will talk to you in two weeks.